So the big economic challenges joining us right now uh, is former finance minister, Mr. P. Chidambaram. Thank you very much, Mr. Chidambaram. The government seems to be uh, in, I would say, some sort of a celebratory mode uh, when it comes to uh, the, you know, the GDP, when it comes to uh, higher tax collection. But uh, only today a newspaper says that we have to worry about the major uh, economic headwinds. What do you think are the challenges for the economy? beyond the celebration? The only one who's happy about the economy and the macroeconomic situation appears to be the government. Anyone who whistles in the dark, I call it whistling in the dark, will put up a brave uh, front, Hmm. a smiling face. Hmm. But he knows he's in the dark, he knows he's whistling, And he's trying to shore up his own confidence. Mm. Everybody else has predicted serious headwinds. Today, there is a front page story in a a newspaper which talks about the macro worries. There is an interview by the chief economic advisor who acknowledges that there are headwinds. You had the RBI governor's statement, Mm. the third storm. He mentioned two storms the corona and the Ukraine war and a third storm. And above all, UNCTAD has predicted 2022 will record a 5.7% growth and 2023 will record a 4.7% growth. If all this is not a matter of worry, uh, what is the government doing? Um, I can't say. Uh, Mr. Chidambaram, you know, the government says that rupee, GDP, employment uh, is all a function of war and this has got nothing to do with the government, that these are external forces that are affecting and India in this global world order uh, cannot remain untouched with these external matters. So do you feel that this assessment is correct? Does the government therefore throw up its hand? Mm. Uh, Could I have said in uh, 2013, it is because of the taper tantrum of the U.S. Fed. Could somebody say in 2008, it's because of the international financial crisis. You are a government, you are in government to deal with external shocks as well as internal problems. If you can't throw up your hand and say this is external, I have nothing to do with uh, what's going on in the rest of the world, why are you in government? Mm. Mr. Chidamram, let's take a look at these issues one by one and let's first talk about the rupee. One explanation from the government is that, see, yes, we are falling, our rupee is falling, but the fall is not as much as other currencies. What kind of a satisfaction is this? Hmm. Is your per capita the same as the per capita of other countries whose currency has fallen? Are your imports not larger than your exports? Is not your current account deficit one of the worst in the world? Therefore, what is this comparison? I can't understand. If all other parameters are equal, then you can say my rupee has fallen uh, lower than your, your currency. But in many other parameters, we are weaker, we are poorer, we have great difficulties. For example, in poverty, in maternal mortality rate, in uh, infant mortality rate, we are poorer and weaker. Our children are more malnourished. 
uh, we are dependent on exports um, and imports. We have to import practically every chip that is used in your digital India. Therefore, there's no point comparison. You have to take what it is and say, what are you doing to stem the fall of the rupee? Mr. Chidamram, what what will you suggest then? Because, you know, uh, in a situation like this, with the rupee breaching uh, a new mark every day, now it's just 32 uh, rupees to a dollar. Uh, how, how can you contain this, given the external challenges? I'm not saying you will succeed in containing the fall of the rupee, but you must make an effort. Hmm. Just look back to 2013, 2014. Actually, we started in 2012 and 2012-13 and 13-14. The rupee had fallen precipitously. But we brought back the rupee. By the time we demitted office, the UPA government demitted office, the rupee had been brought back to um, 58.4. Therefore, you have to make an effort. And how did we bring back the rupee uh, to the uh, uh, to the previous level? We took a number of measures. The first step you have to take is to attract more capital into India, to attract more funds into India. I can't see this government doing anything to attract more capital to India. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's... Number let's, one. Number yeah. two, number two sure. you'll have to contain the current account deficit. So far, in the first six months... Gold imports are $20 billion. On the petroleum account, the deficit is $65 billion. I'm not saying this can be reduced to zero. I'm not even suggesting that. But you have to make some effort to contain these imports. Mm. I can't see the government doing anything to contain these imports. There are many measures can be taken. You may be partially successful. You may be fully successful. But you have to make an effort. What this government is doing is, I can't do anything about it. This is external. Then why are you in government? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Mr. Chidamlam, the next point is, uh, you know, crude prices. Right now, uh, the per dollar cost of uh, crude oil is at pre-war levels. And yet we do not see that, uh, that being passed on to the consumers. Perhaps because uh, the government feels that when they were high... Uh, they had to take a dip in the taxes and uh, thus a recovery is required. But we do know that there is a direct link between uh, prices as well as uh, inflation. You know, fuel price will increase, it will contribute to inflation. What needs to be done as far as fuel prices are concerned? Fuel prices are the most inflationary input, most inflationary price. All other prices may not have the same consequences as fuel prices because Hmm. fuel affects anybody across all sectors. Fuel prices, therefore, have to be brought down. Now, the best way to bring down the fuel prices, the CES is a selfish, wholly selfish levy of the central government to shore up its resources. This government has, for the last three or four years, treated two things as milk cows. One is GST and one is the cess on petrol and diesel. Hmm. The cess is not shared with the states. The other GST, GST rates are high. 
you have to take into account the fact that inflation today is 7%, wholesale inflation is over 12%. You have to moderate these two prices if you want to bring inflation down. Hmm. Mr. Chidamram, only very recently the World Bank has cut uh, India's growth forecast by 1%. This has uh, been revised by the RBI also. Uh, do you feel that this this uh, revision of the growth forecast is also realistic? Is it just 1%? It's the, it's the fourth revision of the World Bank. Hmm. It is the third revision downwards for the RBI. Hmm. And it won't stop here. It will be revised further downward. Hmm. Even 6.5% is optimistic. Let's look at two numbers. What did What does the government think will be the nominal growth rate? The nominal growth rate, according to various government spokespersons, is about 12% or so. If inflation is between 6 and 7%, how can you have 6.5% growth? It's against common sense. Mm. Growth will be lowered further by the World Bank and by the RBI. Uh, Mr. Chidamram, uh, we all know about the very famous declaration by the government of us being a $5 trillion uh, economy by 2024-25. But you see, the RBI governor himself has said that this can only be achieved practically by 2029. Do you think that this, this vision of us becoming $5 trillion is uh, achievable, achievable according to these new timelines now? This... Government pushes the goalpost behind every time. The original goalpost, if I remember right, was 23, 24. Hmm. They pushed it back, pushed it back again. We will achieve $5 trillion economy one day if the government does nothing, even if we grow at 3 or 4%. Hmm. Someday we will become a $5 trillion economy. Someday we will become a $10 trillion economy. Question is, what is your deadline? You said... By the, by 22-23 or 23-24, there was a difference between the finance minister and the chief economic advisor. FM said 22-23, CEA said 23-24, RBI governor now says 27-28. I don't know whether they will stick to this goalpost. I won't be surprised if they push the goalpost uh, further behind. Uh, Mr. Chidamram, now one question related to uh, the various welfare schemes, which are also very infamously called Revdi uh, by the government. Uh, now, we do know that this is a huge burden on the exchequer, and yet one has to endure this, these schemes. Do you think, while we are in this present economic reality, is it sustainable for us to continue with, the, with these schemes? I'm talking about the free ration scheme. As long as there are a large number of poor people who cannot access food, why is there such rampant malnourishment? Look at the data of the National Family Health Survey. One third of our children are either malnourished or stunted or wasted. If that does not hit your conscience, what else will hit your conscience? When there is rampant malnourishment, and anemia among women is over 50%. You have to provide food until people have the income to buy their own food. Mm. Food has to be provided. I don't think it is a freebie. I think it's a moral obligation. 
It is in, under the National Food Security Act, a legal obligation, and the government must continue to provide food as long as there are maybe 15, 20% of the people who are very poor, and there is widespread malnourishment and anemia. Mr. Chidamra, my final question, would you like to uh, list out two or three of those headwinds that you, uh, you know, spoke about, and how can we, uh, you know, basically be alert towards them so that we can take action? Well, the first thing to be alert is you must be awake. The government is sleeping. So please ask the government mm. to get up and open its eyes and smell the coffee. Mm. And then we can uh, come to the headwinds. There are actually four headwinds. Mm -hmm. uh, read my column in the Indian Express on Sunday. Sure. Slowing growth. Growth will slow down quarter to quarter. RBI's prediction is first quarter was 13.5. Second quarter will be lower. Third quarter will be 4.6 fourth quarter will be 4.6. So slowing growth is the first headwind. The second headwind is high inflation. Governor has said to bring it to the uh, range that we desire, it will take two years, which means 22, 23 will have high inflation. Hmm. The third is the falling rupee. If the rupee continues to fall, it will be inflationary. Uh, our current account deficit will expand further and it will be inflationary. The fourth is the widening current account deficit. Current account deficit, some people thought it will touch 3%. My estimate is it will touch 3.4% mm. and that will put further pressure on the rupee. Mm. These are the four headwinds that I have identified and I've explained it in my column, which will appear on Sunday. Slowing growth, mm. high inflation, falling rupee and widening current account deficit. Sure, sure. All right, Mr. Chidamram, many thanks for joining us and uh, speaking. Thank you. Thank you so much.